Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. And I was doing my interviews over Zoom, so I was having a conversation, so I was kind of used to it. And I think really what helped me, uh, and I only knew this in contrast, was because I was going there to make people laugh and to, right. you know, to feed off their energy. It's when I had to have like meetings on Zoom. Like I actually go to therapy over Zoom because my shrink, my shrink is a is a is a seventy year old Jewish guy who yells at me. So yeah, I can do I, that. <laughs> I can do it for you. If you ever need one, I'll scream at you. And I'm older than seventy. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Wait a second. Who prepared that open? Who prepared that open? I believe I did. Why Andy Beyer picked the Derby horse on our air? Why would you not do that? Why would you not use that? I mean, Adam's great, but Andy Beyer picked the derby horse on our air leading to people betting the horse and making money leading to buyer when i called him on saturday evening to congratulate him answering the phone king of the world like that <laughs> why would you not use andy uh most because i think when I, I always go for something that has a laugh in it so you know that that's a that's just my. Are we having a laugh? Yeah. Are we having a laugh? laugh? Sorry. About no. That. No. How, how many texts and calls did you get Saturday right after the Derby? Uh, well, I got one from the socialite. Just in, just in very loud letters went buyer, just like that. I thought, I thought it was actually dollar emojis. You know, it was just wonderful how many people recognized the fact that buyer went on this air, and picked Medina Spirit. That was tremendous. I mean, I planned my whole day around getting back for the Derby. I was playing golf, and I had to take the dog out. And I knew the Derby was going to start at 6.57, which means it's going to start at 7.02. Um, and then it's just two minutes. You have to watch it. And here's – it was interesting. And we're going to talk to Pat Forty at great length about this. But at the at about 15 minutes before the Derby started, one of the talking heads on NBC, and I don't know which one, they have two former jockeys. I assume it was one of them, but I don't know this for a fact. But somebody talked about Medina Spirit and said this horse has never been passed. In other words, if he gets out of the gate and he's not winning, that's one thing. But wherever he is, he, if he gets to the lead, he's never been passed. And this guy said it might be worth it to bet on this horse because in this field, from this post position, there's a chance that Medina Spirit can get out well which is exactly what happened. Medina Spirit had the lead before the quarter, before the quarter, and then kept the lead. And it was a great race to watch because there were a lot of challenges. They get to the top of the stretch, and that's when the front runner always folds. That's when the front, front runner is caught by three or four horses and finishes sixth or seventh and just fades. And this horse didn't do it. And it's Medina Spirit, and I'm going, my God, it's buyer. It's buyer. <laughs> Andy never gets the Derby right. You ask Andy. He, he gets the Preakness right. He gets the Belmont right. He gets a lot of things right. He's known for getting the Derby wrong, and he got it right. George Mallet sent me a, a note right away saying you were wise to not put me on the air and to put buyer on the air, and I made money. And that was pretty much the highlight of my weekend. Even playing golf twice, that was the highlight of my weekend 
So we, we were saved by the two minute, de- you know, the two minute delay that always happens because every year we almost forget that it's on just in terms of where we are with the boys getting dinner ready. Wilbon forgot. Wilbon was in Arizona you, and forgot. You put it on an hour or two before you needed, and then you're watching highlights from years past, and it's such a short amount of time. You're like, did I miss it? Did I miss it? Yeah. Uh, and then you look at where we are now, a year plus later. You had the the sort of out of order races last year, and the community of it, the fact that you and I were talking right after it, the fact yeah. that we have a friend who's watching with Chan and Moni down in South Carolina. Carolina, the fact that it was a beautiful Saturday afternoon, Gorgeous. the conditions were perfect for that type of finish. Yeah, I, I mean, and it was a great race. Yeah, we, we, so you and I were talking about it, we, we very much recommend Chuck Culpepper's piece, because the biggest surprise to me piece. is you're looking at the most dominant winning um, trainer, trainer, Bobby and you're Baffert. sitting there and go, how is this actually a Cinderella story? And then you actually look at how it comes into place, and you're like, it is relative to where he's been coming in with other horses. Well, we'll talk to Forty about that, but at one point, the horse was sold for five for uh, $1,000. Don't you make when you win the Derby? I think it's like over a million and a half or something like that. And because it's a horse and you're the owner, you don't have to split it with the horse. What's a horse going to do with the money? Is the horse going to ask you for a 50 to put gas in its car? That's not going to happen. That was wonderful. Um, the weather here in Washington, D.C. over the weekend was lovely. Now, Saturday morning was cold and very windy because Friday night was scary windy. But by Saturday afternoon, it was beautiful here. And yesterday, I did something that I never do. I'm, I'm a morning person. I've gotten into that routine over the last 30 years probably when I stopped going to games and writing columns on deadline on a regular basis. Did it once a week or something like that, but not on a regular basis. And I got into a morning routine and a morning habit. So I like to play golf early. I like to play golf. I like to do tasks. I like to do all that. I like to finish what I have to do and make room for a nap. Well, yesterday I couldn't get on the course until 3.20. That's really late. If golf takes four, four and a half hours, you're up against eight o'clock at that point. Now it's still light. You can play a one hole or two at that point. But, you know, I got home. Now, we played fairly quickly. We were done 7.05. So I got home, walked the dog, had dinner. But my whole day was thrown off because I don't do that. And yet, it wasn't that hot. If it was an 85 high, it was down to about 80 by then. There was a very soft breeze. There was no humidity. Right, Michael? It, it was it tricked just you beautiful into, weekend. It, it tricked you into feeling that yesterday afternoon was an early summer day. And so it, yeah, it's, for I you, I can well. imagine it sets your clock off as you go into what is still a work week. And where we play golf, you sort of, the, the shift is between 12 and 1 o'clock where the morning it's golfers and you're going out, you're playing quickly. And the afternoon, you sort of, you give the course over to families and it can sometimes take four and a half plus. Or, or you're looking at people who are trying to sync up. If we get out at 3 o'clock... We can immediately go have you know a dinner outside, and we're going to meet up with friends. So it is very much a different feel. A lot of couples playing, a lot of fathers and sons. Well, this was different yesterday in this regard that there was a tournament in the mornings on Saturday and Sunday, and people like me who didn't know there yeah, was I this didn't, tournament. I didn't get that email. I got shut out, so I couldn't. Jimmy Curley and I wanted to play, but we got shut out. This happened to a lot of people. We just didn't know. You guys have been members there for a long time. I thought that you might be able to get in. No, we didn't. But you know, we got to play, so yeah. so that was good. And we ended up playing with a father and son, Alex and Mason. And oddly enough, Mason had caddied for me the week before. He's like a freshman, I think, at, at Georgetown Prep. Very nice kid. You know, hits the ball like all kids do. Hits the ball a long way. So I'm playing. Daryl Clark and I are playing as partners. And, and Alex, the dad, really a nice fellow, good player, uh, says, do you want to have a match? I said, yeah, sure, whatever. 
You know, I don't care. Yeah, I'm, working, I'm working the kid for some strokes. Yeah, I'm not a gambler. I mean, I don't. I've mentioned this before. I don't particularly like winning, and I hate losing. So I'm not a gambler, and I don't do it. If you want to play a two dollar Nassau, which is the standard Columbia bet, two for the front, two for the back, two for the overall. It's you know, it's not much. Yeah, it's the okay. presses are what's going to get Mason though. Well. Well, what happened is that we went out to a fairly substantial lead. Oh, God knows why. Got nervous, didn't you? No, and and so Alex kept saying, "Well, we'll press. Will you accept the press?" And I said, "We don't." What hole was the first press? Seven. Okay, seven. And I said, "You know, it's a if, classic trap. If, if you want, if you want, okay." Um, but I didn't. I actually assumed I play so much where there are matches, but there's no money that exchanges hands, that I sort of figured there'd be no money involved. And if there was some money, we were up at that point. It didn't matter. We were not going to lose a lot of money because we were up. And, and there was a press here and a press there, and we kept winning. And at the end of it, I, I left as soon as the match was over. And the reason I left was because somebody in my family is upset with the bag that I'm using. Somebody in my family thinks that this bag should belong to someone else in my family. Do I have that correct? Yeah, if by someone else you mean your son Michael was saving this bag. <laughs> a bag that was given to me. Yes, I don't care who it was given to. Right. I'm taking the bag. Right. So I've been using it for been a couple of weeks. it in your basement. Yeah, I've been, I've been using it for a couple of weeks. Um, and so I, I brought the bag home last night because I want to switch out of the bag so that the person in my family who wants the bag can have the bag. Again, Michael... So Alex puts a bill in my hand as I leave. I don't know. I figure maybe it's a five. Maybe it's a five. And I'm okay. And I go, yeah. And I leave. And I don't even look at it till I get home. I don't even look at it. I put it right in my pocket. I think it's sort of impolite to pull it out and look at it. Sign 20? Like it's a 20. And I felt terrible. I mean, I felt like, why are you doing... You don't have to do this. Why are you doing this? And I hoped at least... And I, I, I do think, because I've done this with you... I do think it was a great joy for Alex to play with his son. So that if that was the price of pay, playing with your sure, son, and that's it didn't also mean a good anything. lesson for us. And I, I saw the story taking a different direction. I, what? I sort so of saw losing? you. No, I saw you carrying your bag up the parking lot hill as you're going towards the lot, and you're going to be up by the pool. Yeah. And I just imagine a young 15 year old boy huffing and puffing, going, "Excuse me, Mr. Kornheiser. Excuse me. I believe you owe me sixteen dollars." <laughs> that would have been that would have been better, actually. <laughs> And I'd have reached into my wallet and I'd and thrown I a 20 I, I on the ground some, like Sonny Corleone. junk on the back. <laughs> yeah. It's Sonny Corleone. Here, take money. Get out of here. Get out of here. So, but it was, it was sweet to play. It reminded me how much I enjoy playing with you and how much you will enjoy playing with Bootsy and the Hammer down the road. Well, we're going to have those. We're going to have those summer afternoons soon enough. The boys came over. They had a great time playing in the backyard. Yeah, they like it. They think it's a jungle. Yeah. You know, as Dan Jenkins once said, you call it sports, but I say it's a jungle out there. We will take a break. Uh, Michael Wilbon will join us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the X-Chair ad. They want me to read copy exactly as it's written. The X-Chair people are fairly demanding. I'm going to go off script on the X-Chair. Michael took the X-Chair up into the attic last week. In the X chair with the headrest. Big and I, debate, headrest or no headrest? I would like to remove the headrest because it's sort of weird, but it's also led to about five good openings on, on PTI where people marvel at the headrest. And Space Command up there. And it's up there, and it's really a good chair, okay? It's really a good chair. Steve Rose has arranged for me to have 
something where you rest your leg. It's a foot rest. A foot rest. Which I'm using now to see if that works. But that's just, that's an accessory. That's like a strand of pearls. The important thing is the chair. The chair is fabulous. The secret is not only their patented dynamic variable, and once again it says lumber, and once again it doesn't say lumbar in the, in the, in the yellow, Dynamic Variable Lumbar DVL Support, which offers unbelievable lumbar. That says lumbar support to my lower back. But now thanks to their XHMT technology, I also get heat and massage therapy while I'm sitting at my desk. So if you wonder what XHMT stands for, it stands for Heat Massage Therapy. The XMT delivers, the XHMT delivers heat and massage technology right to my core. I don't use that. I'd like to use that. We did it as an open once where I pretended to be being electrocuted by it. But it's actually, you know, I would actually like to use it. I, I don't think I can get away with using it during the show, though. Yeah, I wouldn't go with that. I don't think so, because I think you would Maybe see the, the movement. Maybe the heat, but it's, you know, it's, it's warm now. You won't believe the X-chair difference until you feel the X-chair difference for yourself. Trust me, it's the luxury supercar of office chairs. Really good. X-chair is on sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairtony.com. That's the letter X, chair, Tony.com or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchair.tony.com now and use the code XWHEELS for free X-Wheel blade casters. xchairtony.com. Just use the code. Figure it out. xchairtony.com. Use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Move the World. This is a band called M Theory. Randy Landis wrote us about the band, which is made up of John Fumo, Tom Walsh, and Randy Landis. High energy, funk, soul horn band, all instrumentals. Phil has a connection to the band. Phil has an uncle, Randy. I thought it was Randy Landis. It's not Randy Landis. But Phil's uncle, Randy, his uncle is Tom Walsh. And these guys are all studio and touring musicians. They played with, you know, Neil Diamond and Neil Young and Joe Cocker and Burt Backrack and people like that. And it's, this is pretty good. This is Move the World and it plays in Michael Wilbon. And the first thing I've got to ask you, you missed the Derby. And you missed the Derby yeah. because of the t- time zone thing, right? You missed it. Yeah, I, I did. Um, you know, Cheryl's a, a Derby fanatic. So if we're out here, and it, meaning here, meaning Arizona, three hours early, because she's a Derby fanatic, then I'll still know that it's on because she'll be watching it at 2 o'clock wherever time it comes on. Right, because it's a four-hour um, lead-up. It, it is. They, they, NBC yeah. does it all day long, all day long. I know everybody's got to have Super Bowl coverage or no, that's draft right. coverage, you know, 150 hours. I'm not watching all that stuff. So, so yeah, Tony, the Derby was over. I think you, you met, you texted me about who won and I didn't even know that it was happening. I had no yeah, idea. It was, and Cause She's Bayer got it here, right. So. Bayer got the, Bayer. let me tell you, I don't, I assume you've been able to see the replays. It's a really good race because no, this little no, bitty no. horse goes to the front and holds off charges from every single horse. It's really good. So. Yeah, no, I'm sure. You know, I, the Derby is not something that's on my radar on on my right. own. Somebody's got to tell me it's on, and then I, I, I may watch it. But I haven't even seen uh, – no, I haven't seen replays. I, I've been 
Um, I guess I only watched the draft more of it than I would ever, ever uh, have watched in my life. Not my life, but more than I've watched in the past 10 years or so. Um, and I watched a lot of NBA games, and that, that was it. Okay, so let me get to the draft because there actually was big news for you. For you, because you are a yeah. Chicago Bears fan. And for the second time in four years or the second time in five years? Second time in four, I think. The Bears traded a bunch of picks. Yes, 2017. Okay. Second time in four. Mitchell. They traded up to get Mitch Trubisky and what you remind them of all the time as you crusade to get the GM and the coach fired is that they passed on Patrick Mahomes and they yep. passed on Deshaun Watson. Yep. The owner apparently conceded and let them do it again. <laughs> let them do yep. it again. He let Trade them ones. Made people crazy in Chicago. So, I mean, I'm not the, I'm not like on some Island Tony by myself with my disregard of the, GM Ryan Pace and the coach Matt Nagy. I'm not it, the whole Bear Nation. People are unanimous are unanimous about their just like please get these guys out of here. And the owner who does not meddle, he doesn't meddle. George McCaskey did, does not meddle. He doesn't. And people wished he would in this case instead of letting them have another chance at it, get them gone because you didn't trust. You don't trust them. You don't trust them to make the pick. Well, not only did they make the pick, but 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 Pace made the trade before he could make the pick, yes. and I, you know, I think Nagy had probably as much to do with the pick as Pace. That's the reporting. Um, but listen, they they seem to have gotten it right. See, before Tony, not only did they get the pick wrong, they got the pick. We knew it was wrong when they made it, and then it was wrong again. They got they just did the whole the whole thing was wrong. This. He may not be great. I am not planning the, the, the parade route for the Super Bowl yet in Chicago because of Mr. Fields. But he's not, he, he, may, he may not be the right quarterback, but he's the right pick. The trade and the pick are 100% endorsed, 100%. So Justin Fields, if people don't know this, came out from Ohio State, but he didn't start at Ohio State. Justin Fields was the number one recruit quarterback in the country out of high school and he went to georgia he couldn't play at georgia he was behind that kid goff right is that the yeah. kid he no, was behind him uh yeah i guess Goff. He was behind and then he kids. maybe some other guy and then he transferred to ohio state and he played great he played great at ohio state not against he northwestern did. but he no. played great and then he began to be picked apart for one reason or another and he fell to 11 um, but 11's still pretty high up, and the Bears move in, bankroll their future again. Just, you know, there's no number ones yeah. for a while. Why do you like the Fields pick much better than the Trubisky pick? Because one player is much better than the other. I mean, there's no, there's no real doubt about this. I mean, Trubisky didn't have a game ever in his life like Fields had against Clemson. If, if That's it was right. just that one game. That's right. That's right. Um, and, and, you know, Fields has played more. You know, he started for two seasons. But look, Tony, the reason why, and I said to you, I'm hopeful. I'm grateful they made the trade, like everybody who's ever followed this franchise. But the only team in the history of football that's as bad as the Bears are at the position of quarterback is Ohio State. That's right. They they've never had a great pro. Never. No, no, never. 
Never. And the Bears have had several of those. Mike Tomzak, Craig Krenzel, probably missing somebody. The Bears have had Ohio State quarterbacks. So Ohio State just a couple of years ago had three quarterbacks on one team that were supposed to be real pros. That's right. None of them has taken a snap in the NFL now currently. The Cardale Jones, you said he's going to be great, and then he was yeah. in the AF. You know, he yeah. just couldn't make the NFL. All three of the guys. Dwayne Haskins. That year. Dwayne Haskins got and dumped. Dwayne Haskins. They've all been Got bumped. dumped. Yeah. They're all yeah. no good. And right. so this is, this is just, this has, this has like the chance, and I hope not. This has the chance for just epic badness. Bears, uh, Ohio State quarterback joining the Bears? Are you kidding? Do it's you think people don't know anything anymore? And the shelf life of everything is two seconds, and nobody knows history. Nobody cares. Oh no, their history's terrible. Their history of quarterbacks yeah. in the pros is it's the worst in the, the Big Ten. It's the worst it's in the as Big Ten. Bad as the Bears. Yeah. No, you're right. So the the two questions that come up are: Can you see Nagy being right for this guy? Do yeah. you see Fields playing this year, or is it Dalton? Yeah. And if it is Dalton, then Nagy and Pace could easily be fired, and well, somebody no, else Dalton, would inherit him. No, if it stays Dalton, then their record will be good enough to not be fired. But my over-under is week six. Um, my over-under is week six. You know, that's how long I think it would be before he starts. But suppose the Bears based on defense, because God knows it wasn't based on offense. The Bears were 5-1 last year, Tony. If they're 5-1, it ain't going to be week six. They're not going to be. And, and the fan base That's is right. not going to demand That's that. Right. We're not. Right. We're not not if you win it. I-95 that he has to have. We're not, we're, not gonna, we're not having that problem. So, he, so Andy Dalton apparently will start. I say apparently. Um, I would think. That's what they told you. Know, they told him he's QB1. All right. that stupid nonsense. You got to declare a starter, you know, you know, twenty five weeks before the game. So they'll do that. They'll do that, and and it'll be in the, on the depth chart. It will be um, Andy Dalton, and then they'll we'll see. Um, but there won't be a clamoring until he throws his you know first interception, of course. Right. And then people will go crazy. Tony, I was in Chicago Thursday night during the draft, and as you know, I, I wasn't going to watch any of it. None of it. I wasn't going to watch any of the draft. There's no point for me as far as I'm concerned. Because if you can't any, – any, any institution that can't figure out that Tom Brady's better than the sixth round, what the hell am I paying attention to them for? So I wasn't going to watch the draft. I never watched the draft. But the, the child I live with, who, who is nearly as big an NFL fan as an NBA fan, starting on Sunday – Matthew kept saying, Dad, we're going to trade up. We're going to get Mac Jones or Justin Fields. It's going to happen. I'm like, Matthew, it's not going to happen. And he says, no, one of them is going to drop to us. I was like, okay, no, no one's dropping to the 20. He did this again on Monday. He woke me up on Tuesday morning. Dad, we're going to get Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Probably Justin Fields. I'm like, dude, stop. Let's bet all the money in your piggy bank. Let's do it so you can leave me alone. With on Thursday... At the beginning of the draft, he calls me. I'm in Chicago. He's in Washington. And he's like, Dad, just put me on speakerphone. We're going to get Justin Fields or Mac Jones. I'm like, okay, uh, put, speakerphone, yeah. I owe him $1,000 for something. I said he made a <laughs> or something. I don't know what it is. 
And I said, okay, let's go double or nothing, big boy. Let's go double or nothing. No one is dropping to 20. And when they showed the, on the screen, and only, only Bear and Fanatics would understand what I'm saying now. But on the screen, Tony, in a little tiny little area, it, the Bears name and logo pops up. Because what's happened is the trade has been made, but they're talking over it on television, at least on ESPN. And they're not announcing that the trade has been made. But you can see where the Bears go to the 11th spot on your screen. And I just said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because the Broncos had not drafted a quarterback, and Carolina had not drafted a quarterback, and it's got, it got to the point where they could trade up. And when they just said the Bears are now on the clock at 11, I, like, I, I, I have to live with this child now who has said this thing. So it, it, it's, it's nonstop. I've already had to get him a Justin Fields Bears jersey. Wow, that's Which, quick. Believe me, they're out. They're sold out. I was in Chicago. People are blowing their horns on the street in live time. And so every people, are people like this homes. one. No, 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 no. They don't like it. They love it. How did they like LeBron James being drafted in Cleveland? How did they like that? Yeah, they loved it. This is no, this is no like. This is a franchise that's 101 years old, and it's had two quarterbacks worth the damn. Two. Sid Luckman, Jim McMahon, thank you very much. It's 101 years. Two quarterbacks. And so even though he's 13, he knows that history because you can't be a fan of that franchise and not know that history. And so now, I, 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 it just, it was so weird, Tony. And so you know what I did? I was so just shaken by the whole thing. Shaken. I watched every pick the rest of the draft. I hate the draft. I watched every pick. That's what this did to me, an old crotchety man. That's how excited I am about Justin Fields, and I know the history of his school when it comes to quarterbacks. So this this is how that is playing there. That you the jersey you can't get a jersey. It's been what has it been seventy two hours? Thursday night, Thursday night. Yeah, Yeah. not much. By the way, can I, uh, on behalf of people in Washington D.C., can I thank the Chicago Cubs for John Lester and uh, and Schwarber, Kyle Schwarber, and even Stalin Castro. Yes, I mean, because they've been, Castro is fielded very, he's hit okay, but he's fielded very, very well at third, and I don't know that yeah. he's played third before. Schwarber's got two walk-off bombs, and Lester, who I think had, you know, significant virus issues, in his first start, went five innings, pounded the strike That's zone, right. and didn't give up any runs. Didn't give up that. any I'm, runs. Look, I'm forever in love with those guys. Even Castro wasn't on the 16 team that won at all. He was on the 15 team that beat right. the Cardinals in the playoffs and got to the NLCS and lost the Mets. But he's a favorite as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. Listen, Tony, they had they they the, the, the 2016 Cubs are proving to be the 1985 Bears. It's a one-hit wonder. They both hung around for a while. The, the Bears. Got to a couple of title games and then lost a couple of games to the Redskins and you know, lost the title game to the 49ers. They're the, two, they're the 1985 Bears in that the enormity of what they did 
was such that it's just, it's okay. They had no, the more I look at it, the more I think the similarities were. They were so great at what they did. What they did was so historic, both those teams. They're known by their year, the one year that, that they did their thing, and they, that's it. They're done. I mean, I know, I know Chris Bryant is trying to play well enough not to be traded. You know, you don't need a third baseman anymore because you got Starling Castro. Chris yeah. Bryant's hit like eight or nine home runs. He's trying not to be traded. But, Tony, they're always going to be applauded with a standing ovation whenever they walk through town into That's a good. restaurant, into a That's theater. But they're, but, but, but they're done for us. Like, there's no, oh, yeah, my I God, how could we have gotten rid of it? It's, it's, it's over. It's cool. Uh, I don't know how much they have left. Um, but, I, Tony, I don't even think, like, Javi, they could, they could get rid of Javi Baez now. They could get rid of Chris Bryant. I'm okay. They're never winning anything else there. Because they're the 85 Bears. They're done. Take a bow. You know, you should have had a song written for you, but it's over. So if they can help the Natnos, and Schwarber is my former neighbor for crying out loud. Right. I love right. Schwarber. But I, right. don't, I don't see, like, them being part of anything. When did the 85 Bears part of anything? Yeah, McMahon uh, was a clipboard holder for Brett Favre. Yeah, he won a ring with Green Bay. And Richard Ditt, I think, won one with San Francisco, I think. It's a good analogy. All right, I'll see you later. I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Sounds good. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We will come back. Pat Forty, who went to the Derby, will join us when we return. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Indochino ad. And I back away from the Indochino ad because Nigel has bought a bunch of Indochino suits. Why don't you tell us how you did it and how much you like it? I love the Indochino suits, Mr. Tony. They're fantastic. I've got three of them now. Uh, they fit me like a glove because they're tailored to my specific dimensions. Not buying it off the rack. It's tailored to your dimensions. I did it with a piece of rope and a yardstick. You should go That's to good. a tailor and get your measurements. But it does fit me great, and it makes me look great. It does not cost a lot of money, and it gets to you very quickly. It's just a fantastic deal. Yeah, one of the things they talk about is... Um, no two love stories are the same, so why wear an off-the-rack suit to a wedding with Indochino, a made-to-measure, fully custom suit, comes at a more affordable price. It's such a good idea to go out and buy a suit. Everybody should have a suit. Everybody should have more than one suit. But if you don't have any suits, go out and buy one of these. They're very good. Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, coats, and more wear at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements. You can customize every detail. From breathable linen fabrics for warm weather weddings to statement linings, you can create a suit that fits and your style perfectly. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $299 with all of these customizations included. Shop the wedding collection or book a virtual style consultation at Indochino.com. Right now you can get $50 off any purchase of $399 or more by using the code TONYK at checkout. That's $50 off a purchase of $399 or more at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com, promo code Tony K. Not only should you use the code, but those of you who made money off buyer, go buy a suit. <laughs> go buy a suit. You can probably write that off as a legitimate business expense. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, the band M Theory a high-energy funk soul horn band, all instrumentals. This is called Ziggy Sauce. Ziggy Sauce. Um, you can listen to this in its entirety without me just 
ruining it by talking at the end of the show. <laughs> Michael, if people want to send us their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonyquinizershow.com. Maybe Phil will write in with some band later on in the show from his uncle's cousin's uncle's third removed. <laughs> Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated joins us now. You were at the Derby. I did the whole beginning on how Andy Beyer on this particular show on Friday picked uh, Medina Spirit. Um, I don't know that a lot of people picked Medina Spirit. I guess the first thing I'd like to ask is, when I looked around at the Derby, I know every seat wasn't full, but boy, oh boy, a lot of seats were full. It looked to me to be the largest crowd of sports that I had seen in over a year. How was it nervous to be there? You know, there were not a lot of masks, obviously, and people get dressed up. The last thing you want to do is put on a mask. How did it feel to you as somebody who's been to a million derbies? Yeah, it felt almost normal. Uh, mm -hmm. Churchill Downs did proclaim it, Tony, to be the highest attended sporting event in America since the pandemics began. So, yeah. uh, you know, if they're, if their counting is correct, they say they announced 51,000, I think for the first time in Churchill history, they actually were under inflating. I think, yeah. uh, you know, they they're famous slash infamous for saying there's more people there than there really were this time. I think they said that there were less because they didn't want it to look that bad. Uh, walking around, there were some parts of track. I mean, it obviously was about a third of what it normally is, maybe a little bit more than that, but, it felt very comfortable in terms of spacing when you're walking around most of the places. But then you got up into the grandstand and you're looking around. It's like, okay, Louisville somehow just declared that the pandemic is over because yeah. it was, it was yeah. just kind of people on top of people like normal uh, derbies are. So, uh, you know, I thought that it was, I, I think I said my story, it was kind of joyfully heedless. Uh, like, we don't care anymore, and this is our moment to decide to declare we don't care, and we're going to go on with our lives. Uh, it was an, a mix of people who were wearing masks. Some, most were not, as you noted. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been vaccinated for nearly a month now, so I didn't feel like personally all that kind of freaked out or anything. But, I, you know, I'm sure if, if you weren't fully vaccinated, I would think it would have been a pretty uncomfortable event to attend. I have to say that in terms of a television show, and I've thought this for a long time, it's one of the greatest television shows of all time, even with the 12-hour buildup. It just, they move it around. They know who they should have on the air. They have the right mix of horse people and regular people. Their features are good. Everything about it is good. And I will tell you that in the culture in which we live, I was a little stunned to hear my old Kentucky home. I was a little stunned on that. Um, that uh, do you know anything about that decision? Uh, I mean, I, I felt all along that they were surely going to play it. Uh, yeah. You know, I, that Churchill Downs and, and the Derby especially will adhere to tradition until it becomes a completely untenable situation, whatever that tradition may be. Uh, and that's part and parcel of it. And I think people would have melted down if they didn't play it. Uh, I agree that it is, that song is hundred percent an anachronism, um, in yeah. the 21st yeah. century, but, yeah. uh, they're, they're not going to stop playing it. Uh, I agree with you. Like the NBC is NBC's basically turned it into an art form, how they do this. They, they've got great. something of yeah. a formula and they execute the formula brilliantly, but the Derby lends itself to that because it is so many things 
wrapped around a two-minute race, you know. And so you can tell stories and you can show fashion and you can show fun and you can show how to make a mint julep and then get into the nitty-gritty of how the race is going to unfold. And then, boom, it all happens in two minutes. Uh, that's kind of the big rush of it. There's a long day of anticipation for a two-minute event. It was a great race. I mean, that horse went to the lead early on. Somebody, and I don't know who, before the race, one of the commentators said, by the way, about Medina Spirit, nobody ever passes this horse. So if this horse gets to the lead, it's got a chance. And that was close to when the race went off, which is what happened. The horse went wire to wire and withstood all of these challenges by larger horses. What were your thoughts as you watched the race go on? At what point did you say, I think this horse will hold them off? Or didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did. I did. Uh, you know, when he made the lead, yeah, that was that was really big. But then when I was watching the fractions, and I, I have been to 34 derbies now in a row, and so I kind of know what the fractions look like for whether or not a horse on the lead can hold up for a mile and a quarter. And when we were at 46 seconds for the half mile, I was like, okay, this is comfortable. And then they slowed it down to 111 at the three at the. Yeah, three-quarters mile, I said, he could, he's going to steal this. He, I turned and said to whoever was next to me, I said, he's going to steal this on the front end because it, the pace was just mm -hmm. not fast enough to melt him down. Now, I also thought by the time they hit the stretch, oh, somebody is going to go past him because Mandaloon was just rolling up there, and then here came Hot Rod Charlie, and here came Essential Quality. And that's, the yes, to the point of the commentator, Medina Spears is just a really, really competitive horse and will not – be passed uh, and just has that kind of streak fight in him that allowed him to hang on and win. But it was a thrilling run to the finish. Half length margin was the smallest since 2005 and to have four horses basically within a length and a half of each other at the end was, wow, that was dazzling. And Baffert wins and with not his best horse with, you know, he had other horses that couldn't get to the post and he wins with a horse that I think I heard at one point sold for a thousand dollars. And so this is not some horse that Baffert had his eye on a year ago or something like that. What do you make of Baffert and, and what do you make of the sort of troubles that Baffert has been in lately? Yeah. Yeah. No, he won with a horse that cost basically as much as a, you know, a, a knockoff set of irons, you know, like your, your, your three through <laughs> three through nine iron. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, uh, I, here's the thing. I mean, yes, Baffert has become a true lightning rod. He's won seven Kentucky Derbies. He has had some uh, positives for, for drugs in his horses in the last few years. Uh, you know, there's been occasional spots here and there before, but I, I haven't seen enough evidence to suggest that he is routinely doping his horses, that that is his method for how he became the greatest trainer in Kentucky Derby history and almost basically in American history. Uh, the, the Arkansas ruling was just overturned last week as far as uh, his horses from the 2020 Arkansas Derby that tested positive. Those horses were reinstated as the winners and Baffert's suspension was removed. Uh, it, it, I just, it, it's one of those things, he may be doping his horses, they may all be doping their horses, but I don't know whether he has the, the body of evidence of positive tests to say definitively that guy's a cheater. The intrigue also with the owner that I read about um, 
you know, one of his daughters hates him or something like that with the owner? Is my am I right on that? Uh, that that's Sheikh Mohammed uh, from Godolphin who owned Essential Quality. Oh, that, okay. Yeah, so there was the favorites owner. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. a whole. Uh, there was there was a plane flying with a banner over Churchill Downs saying that he has imprisoned his daughter. I, I wrote a long yeah. story on it. That that's that's a wild one. They're they're human rights lawyers attempting to get her uh, at least to, to to be able to speak in public and then to, to leave the country because there's a belief that, that he has basically imprisoned her against her will. And he is the owner of Excessive Quality, which did go in as the favorite and ran a pretty good race, right? Ran a pretty good yeah. race. I think if, if Essential Quality wasn't wide basically the whole, whole way around, I, that pro- probably wins. Um, you know, that's, again, the, the, the value of having a great jockey like John Velasquez, who got... Um, Medina Spirit out of the gate alertly got him to the front, yeah. got him away from any of that trouble. Just that—that's a huge advantage over where everybody else was. He—he he rode the best race. He may—he may have had the best horse, but he absolutely rode the best race to give his horse the best chance. He's won four, hasn't he, Velasquez? He has. Yes, he's won four derbies, and Baffert's now won one seven. Um, you've been to far more of these than I have. It's a great event. It doesn't feel like Medina Spirit is a triple crown horse, does it? It doesn't, you know, and right. hey, we could be looking at price tag. We could be looking at performances up to this point. Uh, I did stand there with a trainer on the rail the first day Medina Spirit took to the track. Uh, his two-year-old price was 35000 which is still dirt cheap by these standards. And the trainer looked at him and said, well, you can tell why I only cost 35000 He isn't much to look at. Um, right. You know, so he just doesn't pass the look test. I don't think so. Now, Baffert's always done really well in the Preakness, especially with his derby winners or derby horses, because he even said at one point in time, 20 years ago, he said, if, the, if you have the fittest horse on derby day, it should still be the fittest horse two weeks later in the Preakness. So, especially with Rock Your World is not going to come to the Preakness. I, I, you know, I think there's a pretty good chance he wins the Preakness, but I do not see this horse winning all three. No way. All right, let me get you out of here on this. The Olympics, now they say it's on. All of the reporting wonders, is it going to be on or not be on? How is it working out? How is it with your daughter? Have they had the trials yet? No, uh, trials June 13th to 20th in Omaha. Um, so the next couple of weeks, everyone will be basically having their, you know, their last pre-trial tune-up meets. Right. Uh, then we'll see where everything stands. And go to Omaha and hold your breath and, and just see what happens. And then after that, hold your breath and see if there's an Olympics in Tokyo. I still think they're going to have it. You know, I think they are as dead set on having an Olympics as the Kentucky Derby is of having my old Kentucky home. Uh, right. So I expect them to have it. We'll just see what it's like. I don't think it's going to be like, it's not going to be a quality of life sort of thing. Like, it's not going to be great fun for the fans, whoever, whatever fans there are allowed. It's not going to be fun for the athletes. It's not going to be fun for the media but uh, it's still going to be the Olympics. How's her mindset? Is she eager or is she, does she have a sense that, you know, it, it goes up and down, up and down all the time. Are they really going to have it? Am I really into it? Yeah. I mean, I don't think she's worried about whether we're going to have the Olympics. I think it's just purely focused. Can I get there? And am I going to be fast enough that day in Omaha? Um, okay. And that's, you know, there's a lot of stress, a lot of stress, not going to lie, but uh, you know, it's, it has been, uh, a, a pretty kind of pressurized build up to this. It's it's one of those things where you get one shot, and after that, you're moving on one way or the other. So, uh, you know, just trying to to get in in a good place 
mentally and physically, and hope you can handle the pressure that day and swim your best. Well, Omaha is the scene of two great George Clooney movies. Two great <laughs> George Clooney movies. So maybe that's a good omen. I will right, we'll talk to you then. Thanks, Pat. All right. Thank you, Tony. Pat Forty, boys and girls of Sports Illustrated. We will take a break. We will come back with email and jingle. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the spoonful of comfort, Reed. I've, I've talked about this before. I have had this product. I've really enjoyed this product. I've had the rolls. I've had the soups. I didn't have the cookies because someone in my house ate all the cookies. Yeah, a mother we're celebrating had those cookies. Ate all the cookies. So if it's a Mother's Day gift, I think that's legitimate. Although I did, I did say the next day, did you eat all those cookies? He goes, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't get any of those. Mother's Day, <clears throat> excuse me, right around the corner. Treat your mom, your wife, or anyone special with a gourmet soup basket from Spoonful of Comfort. It is like sending a warm hug. It's, it's a wonderful idea. It, I mean, it really is. It's really a wonderful idea. You can see their entire selection of Mother's Day gift baskets at SpoonfulOfComfort.com. And just for my listeners, Spoonful of Comfort is offering you 10% off. Just use the code PODCAST10 when ordering. It's really easy. Get this great gift from mom. Show her how much she means to you. That's SpoonfulOfComfort.com, where you search Spoonful. I just, you know, every once in a while, something strikes you as being unique. You know what I mean, Michael? Like sending soup to your mother. It just strikes me as unique. And then if you like it, you say, you know, two or three times a year, four times a year, we'll send this because it went over very well. So I think it's a good, you know, there are other products you know that I've used and you know that I like, and this, this is one of them. And by all means, people use the code. This is the Policy Genius ad. And remember, they had an April ad about April showers and taxes and stuff like that and it being a bad month. Well, we're into May and they've rewritten the ad and you'll hear it in the first line. It's May, and things are blooming. Why not see if home and auto insurance savings can bloom, too? We're almost halfway through with the year. Head into June with one less thing to worry about. See if you're overpaying for home and auto insurance. Policy Genius makes it easy to compare home and auto insurance in one place. They can help you find home and auto insurance similar to what you have now, but at a lower price. They've shot, saved shoppers up to $1,055 per year over what they were paying for home and auto insurance. I, I want to be there at the next meeting where somebody says, this is a good idea to be very, very specific, 1,055. First of all, it's a hard number to read. Second of all, anybody who listens goes, oh, 1,055. If they'd said 1,100 or 1,000, I'd have bought in a little bit better. That's just me, though. Getting started is easy. First, head to policygenius.com. Answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. Then Policy Genius will compare rates from America's top insurers, from Progressive to Allstate, to find you your lowest quotes. Head to policygenius.com, P-O-L-I-C-Y, genius, policygenius.com to get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. One, two, three, four. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your email, faxes, and your notes. Here comes Mr. Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of your folks. Greg Rosendahl and Lindsay Merrill, it's lovely. Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda Bagel ad for us? Oh, yes, thank you, Mr. Tony. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. You will as well. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled like we were today when we got the bagel sandwiches. 
Love the bagel sandwiches. That'll just about do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, in the words of the Eagles, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I got seven women on my mind. For the one, only two the one. Only one says she's a friend of mine. That's Take It Easy by the Eagles. Thanks to Michael Wilbon and Pat Forty. Thanks as well to our sponsors today, Indochino, Policy Genius, X-Chair, and Spoonful of Comfort. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show on iTunes, please leave us a review. Let's read some of the buyer things. Hey, Dr. Grandpa, this is from Mark Cutler in Fairfax Station in Virginia. Can you send me Andy Byer's Venmo? I owe him a commission for his pick of Medina Spirit in the Derby. I never bet on horses, but figured I'd take a chance this year on the pick by Byer and put $50 on him at 13 to 1. Forget Jeff Ma, Chuck Todd, and the monkey. Bring us more Byer. Um, from Dave Kroll. Not Dave Grohl, but Dave Kroll. <laughs> Mr. Tony, I think George Millay was correct in yielding to Andy Byer on the Derby breakdown. His pick Medina Spirit indeed did win, and I'm very grateful because the $20 I bet on him netted me a cool $265. Now I can afford to go to Sizzler for dinner tonight. And more than that, Dave from Syracuse, New York. Jay Griesbauer, Greisbauer in St. Paul, Missouri. Thank you, Andy Byer. I think I'll buy a solo stove with my winnings. From Michael Sandler in Warrington, Virginia. I'm a longtime fan and lost track of your show for a decade and rediscovered it last year to my delight. You provide me with much entertainment on my commute. Thank you. I used to read Andy Byer in the Post, so I know who he is. You had him on your show Friday and he picked Medina Spirit for some reasons that made sense. Now, I've never bet on a horse race in my life, but my son Samuel is getting married in late July out in Utah, and yours truly has a rehearsal dinner to cover. So I figured, what the heck, in an hour before the race, I found a website I bet $100 on the horse. I told my 13-year-old son, Daniel, making him promise not to tell his mother, the woman to whom I'm related by marriage. And the three of us sat down and watched the race. The commentator said a minute before the race that Medina Spirit had never been passed in a race. That's what I heard as well. And darned if that beautiful horse didn't go wire to wire. My wife thought I'd gone insane jumping up and down like a madman until I explained that your show had just paid for most, if not all, of the rehearsal dinner. She's not happy about the gambling, and Dan Daniel now thinks I'm a gambling junkie, but it's been quite a day. By the way, one other thing. I took Daniel to the Nats game Friday, two Fridays ago, when Max struck out 10, and it was 0-0 in the bottom of the ninth when Kyle Schwarber hit his first home run for the team to win it. Two weeks later, yesterday, April 30th, I went to my second Nats game of the season with three friends. Once again, it was 0-0 after nine innings, and this time Kyle Schwarber jacked a two-run bomb in the bottom of the 10th for his second Nats homer and second Nats walk-off win. If you have any contacts on the team, I am open to being the team's good luck charm for some gratis tickets. Are you beginning to feel a bit of magic about this team? Or maybe the magic is just me. Yep, it's been quite a few fun days. Isn't that nice? From James Cuccinelli, originally from Old Town, there was a risk-free bet promotion with TVG Online betting for $200, i.e., you could make the bet, and if your horse loses, you would get your money back. So I bet on Andy Byer's pick. Thank you, $2,600 win. I would be happy to share the whole story if you would come over to my house and cook something for me while eating over the sink. <laughs> Been reading and listening since the 1980s. Great podcast, great show, PTI. Keep up the good work. It is grilling season. From Rick in Manassas. Dear Tony, I was born in a crossfire hurricane. I was raised by a toothless bearded hag. I was drowned, I was washed up and left for dead, and I owe it all to betting the mortgage every May on Andy Byers Derby picks. <laughs> Pass the Mylar blankets, Rick and Manassas. So isn't that great that, that all of these people listened to Andy and went out and bet a little bit? Um, from Jolene in Grand Island, Nebraska. I loved hearing about you and Michael texting about Jimmy Steinman. After lamenting about the Nats, of course, my high school classmates Heidi and Colleen and I 
were doing the same thing that night, reminiscing about how much we loved the Bat Out of Hell album in high school. Our favorite song, though, was Steinman's own version of Rock and Roll Dreams Come True. We were fairly decent athletically in high school, so whenever we played this song, we always shouted our own lyrics, State Championship Dreams Come True. Unfortunately, we lost in the first round of the state volleyball championships. Later in the year, during the basketball season, after losing a game that we probably should have won, we again blasted the song as we rode home on the bus. Our coach got up, asked us to turn it down, and said very calmly, every time you play that song, we lose. Stop playing that song. So after that, there was no more Jimmy Steinman on the bus rides home from SCOTUS General Catholic Lady Shamrocks. That just so <laughs> makes me so happy to hear that. Um, oh, we got all the Finch things. You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to bag the Finch things. I'm going to wait for the Finch things till tomorrow. So if you're out on, uh, till Wednesday, rather. If you're out on your bike tight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live.
Bye-bye.